and give you time to spend with you to know and learn and develop your relationship with God. This is giving a podcast version of it. And how of the service on just like and just order, just order. But I do have a version where you can see any of these here. And it also it's a part of it also. Start, and I want to go over a few things. Here with the Hubble Kings uh, being here, and the, his 
greatest place on earth is the graveyard. I noticed a couple of the, the, the scriptures said, well, why is the graveyard the wealthiest place? And he said because of the potential that is buried there. The wealth of the potential that is buried there is unsurmountable. But that potential will never get used because it's in the graveyard and it can never be used again. But God's purpose and plan for life and being on earth will be fulfilled because he's going to fulfill it in someone else. But you've got to understand, so again, knowing God, before we start talking to you about the character of God, knowing him, I'm going through some names. Why are these names important? So the reason I need you to know these names and understand every time we see God in operation throughout the Bible, he operates in a form or under one of the names that people call him, and the names have meaning to what he did at the time before that. So I want to understand God's might and power. I also have to understand his beauty and creation in you and I and all of us and what he's called us to do. How powerful that is to speak that into being and being who he is, God. And so we're going to go a little further into that. So Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord, the Lord your God, is, is God of God, little g. Now listen to that. So, God himself is acknowledging that there are also some little G's. I didn't say old G's, I said little G's. Mm. Right? Mm. I want you to be clear. The little G's are, are the things that have been made God, but God himself is not of that. Everything that, that seems to, that, that has been created and exists has been created under the guise of God. But he never intended for them things to become your God. So he said he would be jealous if anything else, don't bring one of the things that he stated to the children of Israel is don't bring any other gods before us. But all of us have been guilty of making something God in our lives over the God of our creation. I just had that discussion with one, one of my members, and we were talking how good someone is some of the things they do. But it's simple what it is and where you are in a frame of mind and making those statements. You end up making things on uh, what you believe, and then they become more powerful than the truth. Oh, that's why it's so important to know God, because He is the only truth that still exists in our world today. We're living in a dangerous time because now, you know, and even the very creator of AI was on 60 Minutes last week. And he's only 60 minutes because he's concerned now. And it's not any different from the guy that created the atomic bomb. When he got done creating the atomic bomb, uh, he his kid and the nuclear finding atoms and getting it to, to, to discover the nuclear the power that was within it. What he was looking to do was find another source of power that could continue to help run. And, and, and orchestrate our earth, the power it needs that we have. But out of it, the Bible tells us everywhere where our good is, evil is not far behind. Immediately after the source of the power was created and understood, it was now designed to be a nuclear bomb. And when it was dropped on Hiroshima, one of the things that he felt so bad, and he felt the fact that that was not what he intended it to be. But yet, things that we do, the good becomes evil. But we don't know why By the way, it's inevitable that you will destroy what you do not understand. What you don't understand or understand its purpose, you will misuse. That's why it's so important to get to know God so you can know who you are and you can know what's going on about So Elohim, Elohim, the power. It says, listen, the Lord God your God is God of Lord, Lord. Of, of the gods and lords of lords and the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. And so when we talk about that, God's not a respecter of persons. So, you know, somebody said, what would me? I want to share with you. God loves you just as much as he loves me. And he loves you. What's going to motivate him? And this is again, this knowing God. I, I had, this is a true story in my own personal life. Knowing God, there were some things that you know, I was quoting his word, I was saying his word, and then you know when I get to a situation.
backpedal on my words. I cry. I plead. I've done all of that. And none of that won't stop. But when I acted in faith, when I believe God by faith, I find a movement on my behalf. Because I, I found in the scripture, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Wow. So instead of crying, I needed to seek his face and not open the door. And he said, not, and the door will be open. So again, getting that. The scriptures tell me that. So I started doing those things. And lo and behold, what started happening? The things that I was believing for started happening. And the courage. And then Elohim showed up because he started giving power started existing in my life that I didn't know I even had. But the power wasn't mine, it was of him. But I was calling on it through him. And it was operating in me. That's what you can do tonight as well. As you get to know how God operates. So listen, confusion with the plural now comes when it joins the verb and an adjective and a singular. So listen to this. Even so, we prepare from the beginning for the pure purality of God. Though he has said, there is no God beside me, and I am God, and there is none else, he also spoke these words. Let us make man in our image. Ooh. Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. Now I just told you there's a little teeth. So he he said, But let us make man in our image. That was God talking to himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, We're going to create man in our image. So we have to have to be a triune being, just as God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're made for the body, soul, and spirit. And so that particular is a likeness of God. Not God. I don't want anybody saying he said we're God. I did not say that. Okay. Um, so, but he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Genesis 3.22. Behold, the man has become like us. Mm -hmm. I didn't say that. This is your scripture. Look at Genesis 3.22. It's right there. So there's something about us that doesn't exist in anything else. It's not an animal. It's, 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 it's not in the fish. It's not in anything else. It's only in mankind, humans. Genesis 1.17 says, Come let us go down. And this, was, this one was powerful. Let us go down from here to confuse their language. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about Babylon there. The Tower of Babylon. God makes a statement that we got to go down from here because he makes a statement prior to that and he said, if we don't go down, there is nothing man won't be able to do because they were unified and they were on one accord in one place. That is a truth and a, and a principle that you should get right there. Knowing God, you'll find out in this now. Unity produces power. Because they were unified in one place and on one accord with one language, he said, if we don't go down and straighten this out, because what they were doing wasn't for the for the pure measure to meet God and get up to see God. No, it was Nimrod wanting them to come and say that we have reached the heavens and I met God and I can do what he has done. So his motives were wrong. Come on. His heart was wrong. And God knew that. And so what did he do? He confused the language. So now, all of a sudden, nobody understood what anybody. So the bricklayer was saying he needed water. The mortar guy was saying he needed he needed water. He would tell somebody else something, but nobody understood what anybody was saying. So guess what happened? The work came to a halt. The walk, the work came to a standstill. So today, thank you, Holy Ghost. We're living in a world where we don't know our God. So we're not on one accord. We're not in one place, and we're not in one. Okay, so what happens is we got a whole bunch of different denominations, we got a whole bunch of different views and different things, and nobody wants to come to a place of unity, which now there's a lack of power. And I told you Elohim is a powerful God. He's the God of all. Lord of Lords, God of Gods. 
That's who he is to each one of us. And so encouraging you to understand that and knowing who you are and why it's so important. And so let's go to Isaiah 6 8. In the vision granted to the prophet Isaiah, he said, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? This was God talking. And the capital E there. He said, Who will go forth? So he was looking for people and a man. That would do it. By the way, everything that's going to be done in the earth that God didn't part of it is going to be done by man. God has already done what he needed to do. What needs to be fulfilled, it has to be fulfilled through us until he returns. So we're going to have to get. So he said, Who will stand for us? Who will go for us? And Isaiah makes a statement, send me. He was a man of faith and confidence and believed in his God. Isaiah took this time, he stood. He stood against the wilds of the enemy. He stood while he was in captivity. He didn't go and eat the king's food. He didn't get lavish with gifts and things to take his mind off of who he was and what he was called to do. So listen, this is important. Who shall I send? Can God send you? But the only way he can send you is if he gets to know you. Okay? So the mystery through the hidden, for the average English reader, comes to us repeatedly in the text. So by the way, I see, they tell me that many people say, well, you know, God's ways are so much higher than our ways. The Bible says that. But let me share with you, the mystery of the Word of God is not a secret that He hid from us. It was a secret that He hid for us. If you seek me, and I will be found. Knock, and I will open. I am a rewarder of them who diligently seek me. Constantly throughout the Bible, I see Scriptures referring to releasing revelation knowledge. By the way, how many know that we can't we can't complete the Bible? There is no way we can exhaust the Bible. The Bible can't be exhausted in any way, shape, or form. Why is that? Do you understand or know that you can't exhaust the Bible? Now you may have read it seven times over, from front cover to back, but you will never be able to exhaust the revelation that can come from out of it. Over and over again. It is much not much different than a seed. So, although I could bite into an apple and literally see the seeds in the core, what I can't do, Miss Stacy, is I can't count the reproductive ability. If I put the seeds in the ground, how many apples will come from that over the years and years and years and years and years? I'll never be able to count it because it continues to That's our revelation. Mm. There's no end to it. And that's what the, coming from the Bible is that perspective. So, what am I sharing? The knowledge that we need. So, oh, I need to add this in there. Many of us have gone, and David, Saul, Paul, and all the others of their day and time, the word was relevant for them and their point. That same word is relevant to you and me today, but it may speak to you different than it spoke to him. What he needed to do in his day was suffice in that day. What it needs to say to us today needs to be able to give to us to help us suffice today. Now, it's not saying anything different. It's just producing in a different way. Oh, hello, somebody. I'm trying to tell you something here. The word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yet, it is relevant to me today. So if God is telling me to put on the whole armor of God, he's talking to me about putting on his armor the tools and the gifts that he's availed to me so that I can use them against what? The wiles of the enemy. Pull down every stronghold and exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That's a little thing. I, and I can sit there and say, you know what? I can't let anything exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Where is he coming? To the high place. Where is the high place? Your mind. He's giving us, it's in his word, it's in his word, that's the mystery. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 says, Remember now, your creator, in the days of your youth, literally, remember your creator. Knowing, and this is so important because right now, we have not remembered, we don't even know him. We know of him. We have more things that we put emphasis in. And I, that's the other part of the conversation. I have found it to be true. That most people are comfortable believing a lie 
before they believe in Jesus. I'm perplexed by that. I'm perplexed. So, you know, we got it now. It's my truth, your truth. Hold it. The word true and true means it's true every time it's done. And I, I do a simple illustration of that. One plus two is three. I can prove that to be true because I'll do it backwards. And it's still equals the same thing. <laughs> the value never changes. That's true. So this thing can't be a truth for me and not a truth for you and not a truth for you. It has to be a truth for us. Amen. That's what the Word of God is. So the Word of God is relevant to me and to you. Elohim in his power knew that all these years would pass and these days would come, but he now put in it that the word would still be relevant to do what it needs to do in this day. They didn't dress the way we dress today. They didn't look the way they see look today. Although they had the same organs and everything else. Uh, you know, one of my big things now is that this is the first time in history seven generations are living on the earth at the same time. How did that happen? People are living longer. Well, we discovered a technology. We started learning how to, to extend life. We learned how to, to fix things. We learned how to be healthier. Now that's actually going in reverse because now the newer generation has now gone back into the other learned those things and is now people are living less, living shorter. So although the seven generations are here, there's a younger generation that died all people sooner. What happened? The Bible says, my people passed because of the lack of knowledge. Knowledge of who? Of what? Well, the Creator created me in His image and His likeness. It would behoove me to discover who He is if I'm going to find out what I'm supposed to do. Wow. That easy. That's simple. If I'm created in his image, then I should have, if I get an understanding of who he is, then I will know a lot better about who I am. That's the issue. So that's why I say the greatest universal uh, thing we can do as a, as a church, human beings, is get to know God. Knowing God is the greatest thing we can do in God. So, we start to look at some of his original things, Elohim, who he was, how he operated it, so, um, and what he did. Elohim is molded in the Hebrew word, uh, 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 to swear, describing one to stand in a covenant relationship which is ratified by an oath. In the Hebrew text, a name is usually given in the Trinity, whose name, Elohim, represents them under the obligation of the oath. So we moved away from that too. Uh, oath and things that we stand for. How many people uh, stand by the oath and trust the word of God and trust the certain things? They don't anymore. You know, we 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 got lawyers that said that you sign a contract and then you know, we hit you break. And then there's we hit you sue them for it. So uh, it's it's just been turned upside down. But Elohim is rooted in this covenant relationship. Psalm 110 says, The Lord has sworn and will not relent that you are a priest forever, according to the, the, the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a type of shadow of Jesus himself, King of Salem. Okay? The king that released the blessing in Abraham's life. And the Bible tells us that we are the seed of Abraham. So, getting to know that, I found out that Abraham was blessed. But I also found out that Abraham was a blesser. So not only was he blessed, but he was a blesser. So the concept of me, my boy, and no more, I, 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 selfie, all this thing about me, is opposing what God has created for us. So I just want to pay attention to what's going on around us. Right? So if we look at that, we start seeing these things. So the oath that took place prior to creation, according to God, 
called himself Elohim in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning of creation, which implies the Trinity, he swore an oath at the Trinity of Jericho. He says, I can fast forward all the way to the book of John. And he tells us that he says that Jesus was there in the beginning. So we we think Jesus just showed up in the New Testament. He just showed up in the Bible in the New Testament. Mm. But he was there in the beginning. Mm. He said, so, so we see the name expressed in the covenant relationship. God first, then the covenant relationship and man. And so Elohim refers to and implies one who stands in a covenant relationship. By the way, let me help somebody here tonight. There's only two perfect chapters in the Bible. Only two. Do you know which ones they are? Well, thank you, Pastor. I will tell you chapter one and chapter two are the only two perfect chapters in the Bible. Everything after that is the fall of man. And everything is trying to get back to where we began. So, you know, you ever heard that uh, this saying we're talking about back to the future? If you read through the Bible and get the revelation, it's intent take me back to where we began in Genesis. Where did, where, where did we begin in Genesis? Oh, Adam was walking in the cool of the day with God. In what? Covenant relationship. He knew God so well. The Bible says it didn't say he saw God. It said he heard him. He heard him walking. Read, read, read the Bible. You'll see that Adam says he heard God walking. It never said he saw him. His relationship was so tight, mm. he could recognize God by the sound. That's powerful. His relationship, his covenant relationship was so strong, he could recognize God by the sound. Example of that is in Genesis 6.13. God's word with Noah. And God, Elohim, said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before. But, somebody say but. But. I want you to know, anytime you see the word but in the Bible, it erases everything ahead of <laughs> He just said that the end of all flesh has come before him. But. So he now erases that, but he says, I will establish my covenant with you. That's what he told Noah. So Noah gets to reestablish the covenant, because this is God's love for man. So he doesn't wipe him off. But hold it. It was only Noah he said that to, but he was selling Noah's sons and daughter in law and his wife. A total of eight people. As we know, the number eight is new beginning. He was getting ready to start it all over again. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here it goes, the new beginning. But it was his covenant relationship. That was Elohim speaking. That was his power. So in his word to Abram, Elohim made pledges, a pledge, the same relationship. I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in this generation for everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you, and I will be there, their God, Elohim. This is, and I just talked about Abraham. Being the seed of Abraham. Here is God saying that he would be God before us to establish us with a covenant. Not only that he was establishing with Abraham at the time, but he said your descendants. And then he referred to their generations after that, which is you and I. That's how we became the seed of Abraham. The Bible declares it. And it says so, I will be with them in covenant relationship. 
covenant relationship has gone by the wayside. We don't understand how important how important that is. It's a connection that says, and you just have to read the phone I'm in I'm in covenant with you no matter what. I love you because I created you in my image. You know, it's almost like a, a, a parent that one loves love their children. That, you know, no matter what, when you do right, you love them. If they did wrong, you still love them. Why? Because of relationship. And in the covenant relationship, it's not about right and wrong. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike that drop. Said, so, so, Mike and, and that's important because again, this is about knowing God. So if you know God and you know how long you've been, how long we've been here in the earth, and yet he still loves us and he gives his word and his covenant relationship with us to establish us, we'll know that he's with us in spite of what's going on around us. So you can forgive yourself. In spite of what's going on around us. Faithful to his word. We will read, therefore, again and again. Elohim remembered. Elohim remembered Noah. Elohim remembered Abraham. And again, Elohim remembered Rachel. I want to know, because we're going to say to you tonight, Elohim remembers and knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. But he still remember you. And he's waiting for you to act by faith on his word. Because today you got to know him as another one. You got to know him as Elohim. So there is. All of his names have a direct relationship with his characteristics of who he is. Remember, this is about the character of God. So when the names are important, because then I'll understand how he's operating, who he is, and what he's operating to be in that time. So now I get to know. Elohim is operating uh, as a mighty, strong, and powerful God. That's what he's doing. And so we need to understand it. Okay? Faithful to his word. David's joy in the Lord is God too. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He's David in that city. But God is always mindful of his covenant. Psalm 111, verse 5. He has given food. To those who fear him, and he will ever be mindful of his covenant. This is scripture after scripture after scripture talking about God being mindful or concerned because we remember. Now, I don't believe you can forget, so uh, it, it's so our understanding of remembrance is like, oh, that's right. I, I don't think God thinks like that, but he's always mindful of who we are and whose we are and the relationship that he established in the beginning. So by the way, if the future is behind us and at the beginning, to get back to where we're going, we have to go forward. Because where we're going to get forward is what is it going to be back? A covenant relationship with God. When we walk in the cool of the day with God, when we understand the voice of God, the hands of God. So with God, yet he has made me with him and an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and are secure. For these are all my salvation and all my desires. Will he not make it of increase? This is David talking on his dying day about an everlasting covenant that he has with God. For God is Elohim. He is the one who keeps covenant. He is the one. And so tonight, because we're talking about the name Elohim, and understanding, I want you to grab hold of what this, this, this piece of character is. The character is how God stood and stands on his word. 
the covenant. The covenant we have with you and me. And so this is important. We're going to go through a series of things throughout the study. And so it's important that you capture these key words and these key, key scriptures about what it is he's saying. It's over and over and over this is covenant. And uh, it's important because as we go through, in his power, in his might, he wanted to know he, he got a covenant with you, with us. And so those that fear God, he was talking about his reverence, not one of the world scared of God because he's a big bad God. That's not what he's looking for. A reverence is respect and an understanding of who he is. So Elohim is the one who keeps covenants and his foundation of our hope in ever extremes in life. God is our refuge and our strength. And to Israel's distress came those words of comfort. Comfort, yes. Comfort my people, says your God. In Psalms 89, 34, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. How wonderful is this, he said to us. I will be your God, and you will be my people. Should we not rely on the uh, on, on him and his life, my Elohim, in him I will trust. So it's got to become personal. It's got to become relatable. So that's where I want to, tonight, as I prepare to get ready to close and leave tonight, my hopes is understanding that I shared this next week, or the next lesson will be on Jehovah, the name of Jehovah. But each of these names are a pure representation of his character and who he is at that moment to the people, to you and I. Uh, he's been Elohim in my life, the powerful, mighty one, uh, many times. Uh, particularly when there's some situations in my life, I just forgot there's no way out. Yet God provided a way. I don't understand it. Yet God gives me understanding. Those are, those are, he has shown himself more than mighty, more than powerful. Uh, so, understand because he has a covenant with me. And in that, God has kept his words, he's kept his covenant, and he's my refuge, he's my strength. Uh, I've been there. I tell people all the time, you know, I've been lost and turned out. Yet he delivered me out. And yet he delivered in a strange world. People do strange things. And, and I, I, you know, again, I, I look back and try to figure it out. Um, and some stuff just doesn't make sense. And again, what I realized is it comes down to a real understanding of knowing who their God is. Because if they knew who God was, they know who they are. And if I know who they are, they are. They know their name. You know, that's that. They are her. They don't know much about the name of God and what they're paying for and what they're called and who and what and why. That's what they need to know God is doing. They will answer those questions. And I think every man on this earth, every man, woman, and child wants to know why. My covenant, I will not break, nor alter the words of God out of my lips. How wonderful it is. He said to me, I will be your God. Should we not rely on the same melody? Not only is he our real father, but he also is in covenant relationship with us. Not only does he bless us, because he, he we are his all his very own children, but he has sworn by us. Even to bless us, if we are obedient to his commandments. So Psalm 91, and thanks for that. You got a couple questions. I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, Elohim, in him I will trust. That's bring you back to the earlier podcast that's going on. One of the things that's talking about being darkness is going on around us. But if you trust in God, he should light. Dispel darkness. So when I realize that I could walk where darkness is, but with God in me and God on me, everywhere I go, at the moment I go to when I when before I went there it was dark, but when I stepped into it, light showed up. Why did light show up? Because I showed up. He's in me. Now, according to how how powerful you walk in him is how bright the light will be. 
You know, when the CFL life bulb first came out, I really got a glimpse of God. The investment little life, the life bulb that's got the swirl, the swirling life bulb. I noticed when I first plugged them in and plugged them, uh, turned them on, uh, they were a certain light came out of them. But the longer I left them on, oh, somebody gave me this. The longer I left them on, the more you see them, the brighter the light got. The, so the more it stayed on, the brighter it got. So the more I stay with God, the brighter I get. So all of a sudden, I was walking and I only lit up this much space. But the longer I stay with God, my space starts getting a little brighter, a little wider. The reflection of who I am and the reflection of God starts to glow around me and with me. Uh, I know I'm probably moving out of your screen, but I'm getting excited about this because I'm talking about I'm talking about a covenant relationship. Um you know, and I was talking about light, and I said the first thing that came to mind was power, right? And then the lack thereof, the power. And you know, there's some places that control the power, and if you ain't paying one time, the power can cut off. Mm. But in a covenant relationship, he won't do that. The power is always connected. Because he said, I'll never be. By the way, you can't do enough to get this relation. You can't buy it. You don't have enough money. It doesn't exist in our world. Because it's a will that he put in you. So he needs you to will. The will he put in you, he needs you to give it back to him. So when we will his blessings back to him, then we can walk in that life. That's the covenant relationship with Elohim. That power that he has, he wants to share with you and I tonight. Amen? Amen. Thank you. What's that question? Yes, sir. Pastor Ray Williams, Dr. Ray, Pastor Ray Williams, thank you for this. Um, it sounds like to me, a lot of us are struggling to forgive ourselves. That seems to be a big problem because, again, not knowing God, the maker, has already forgiven us. Yep. Which would give us permission to forgive ourselves. So, let me comment on that because when I talked about the covenant, that's exactly what I mean. So what's happened is the enemy plays the tapes over. God said, the end of man's flesh has come before. He was tired of all of what the way the world was, the sin that had come in, everything that was going on, the corruption, the wickedness, all of that, right? And he said, but, but wipes it all out. He said, my covenant will be with you, Noah. So he gives it to another man. Although it had come through all these other men, he now establishes the covenant again with another man. And he says, and so, and I'm sure he did this several times because he does it with Abraham. He does it with David. He does it with Jesus. He continues to do it. He's doing it with you and I today for those that will receive him. It's happening today. So it sounds like people need to stop thinking they know when the world is going to come to an end and living this doomsday type of lifestyle. None of y'all know when the world is coming to an end because God made this covenant. He's going to decide to live like we're living for him and as if he's forgiven us. I'm not giving up. I'm not telling you to give up or give in. I think you should live life to the fullest. What I'm saying is fully. Live it to God. Be obedient. Follow and watch it. So what's happening is we try to do all these other things, make other stuff happen, and I'm miserable. And we're watching what's going on around us. What's going on around us? He actually told me would come. I read it. There will be wars, rumors of wars. We got wars going on around us. And, and, and he said, this is what happened. But then, you know, I find it pretty blessed to know that I'm not necessarily in it, but it's happening in my world, and it will have an effect on me. At some point, someplace, somehow. But my trust is not in me, in God. And because of the covenant relationship that I have with God, Elohim, I'm at peace, whatever happens. And that's where we need to. It takes a relationship, a covenant relationship to get there. So that we don't make a mistake of continuing to misinterpret what we're seeing. People are walking around in fear and thinking it's over with. That's exactly it. Because fear has gripped people. And fear is the acronym 
increases every available resource. So, guess what I won't use? The resources that God has given us. I won't use the tools that God has given us. I'm talking to the young people today, the students are saying to me, tools are important. I'm talking about taxes and stuff like this. And I said, well, you know, I'm not going to need that. How do you know? You, can, you, can you see down that far? But, if I have this tool in my toolbox, listen to me, y'all, and I roll up on something that needs fixed with capturing, I go to my toolbox and pull out my ability and my formula to work on. So there are so many people tool lists. <laughs> in other words, they don't have nothing to work with. And because they don't have nothing to work with, they can't fix nothing. And they feel helpless, but it's really, remember I said everything that's going to be done is going to be done for man because he gave us the authority and the ability to do it with him. So that's why I need to know who he is to get to know myself. I can't say it in any greater way. My hopes is that tonight that you heard me, you heard the voice of God, that in understanding Elohim in his greatness, great God, the powerful God, the mighty God, that you understand that those powers and that might was not just because he needed to be because he trusted to be the big one and stuff. No, he did it for you and I. Such a God like that is such great love for you and I. There is nothing more powerful than that to me in understanding the love of God. A covenant relationship no matter what Still. And, and I just thought of the prophet Hosea. He tells him to marry a prophet. And that was a type of shadow of the church. That was the old Testament. But his love was so powerful for her and for the church, it didn't matter what they had done or was important. So speaking of get up out of your your your, your miserable. Get up out of your way. Get to know God in a greater way. Uh, I'm encouraged today, in spite of the trouble that goes on around us on the internet, that God is still God. He's still on the throne. And I'm going to trust him until he returns. But meanwhile, I know he said this. Do all you know to do and stand. But if you're doing nothing, you should expect nothing. That's the truth I'm leaving you tonight. God bless you. Have a great, great night.
that in Korea. When I was in Korea, they didn't have copyright laws. So like the actor legend, even back then, that car, they had some, I was over there in 99, they had something called the Arcadia. It looked exactly like the actor legend. All my all my best suits were made, with, well, I got them for great prices, made companies, companies, So they, they had no copyright. That's where uh, you China is the greatest threat to democracy. 